You're listening to Consolidate That. Ukraine is my motherland. It is now under a savage attack by Russia. Ukraine is shielding Europe and the rest of the civilized world from Putin's barbaric aggression. Ukrainians are brave and effectively fighting back. Let's help. Make a donation to Armed Forces of Ukraine. Link is in the show notes. Hashtag stand with Ukraine. Welcome back to Consolidate That. Ivan, great to see you again today. Been having a fun morning with getting the computer going, but happy to be on a recording with you today. Good to see you, Ryan. Computer is going. You need to use Apple. That's what. <laughs> I have an Apple. I, I updated to the newest, latest, and greatest software, which I think is always. So it's not the computer, I assume, then. <laughs> it's always a bad idea to update, I think, is the problem. Always stick with the old stuff. Well, so what I wanted to chat with you about today, I was going through the updated consolidator maturity model that we have on our, our website, vetintegrations.com. And I noticed that there were some new updates and changes to it and that we've added the business model canvas on there. And frankly, I'm wondering what it is. So I'm hoping that you can give me and the listeners a little bit of insight into that new update and change on there. Yep. So yeah, thank you for noticing that. So essentially, and I included it on the first level, it's not new, it's sort of retrofitted, I should say. So every time I've been using business model canvas for a long time. And I remember when they, we started SmartFlow, the first requirement that we had in the incubator that we were accepted to that, uh, please submit your business plan. And I'm sure that you've heard the word business plan or it was business plan before. And when I think of business plan, it's like this huge 50-page document that has all the possibilities where the business goes, the competition, and what are you developing, the pricing model, and everything else. The challenge of the business plan is that as soon as you finish it, it actually changes next week. Because if you're a startup, it's a very old and sort of waterfall approach, if you will. And for those that are not familiar with the waterfall, it's sort of like old way of building software. It's when you're thinking about all the things that can you know, all the features and everything else. And then you start coding and it takes long, long time. And then by the time you thought of all the features, the feature requirements change from your users. So essentially you need to be more agile and business model canvas is sort of the agile way to start a business. So essentially what it is, it's sort of this uh, canvas. <laughs> That's where the name comes from. And the first person that came up with it is Alexander Osterwilden. He wrote a book on this and it's been uh, accepted all over the place right now. Actually, I was submitting an application for a provincial grant here in Canada, and then they asked for a business plan. I said, I don't have a business plan, but I have a business model canvas. And they said, that's great. We can accept that. So it's not, you know, very sort of unique and nobody heard about it, but essentially it's the agile tool to replace the old business plan. Okay. Okay. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously very familiar with business plans. And I always sort of thought that they were a lot of homework for a low utilization output. So what do you put onto the business canvas or the business model canvas that looks different or, you know, what's the different information that's on there? So one important thing that it's all in one place, it's on one picture. You essentially don't need multiple pages. You can use, there's various tools you can use. There's, you can use just whiteboard. 
when you start this. Uh, you can use digital whiteboards like Lucid Spark or Miraboard or anything else that can sort of show the screen and you can brainstorm. And essentially it's nine sections in which you fill it in as you brainstorm about your future business. And it doesn't have to be only business, it could be a new idea within the business. So we use it extensively in the new projects like telemedicine. It's like a almost like a line of business or the membership model. And it's like a, a small business within the business. And also, as Alexander Osterwalder expanded on this idea, there's now many different canvases. And one of them is, for example, business case canvas, which is also used a lot in the design thinking process, which we implemented in Galaxy. And what it does, if you have an idea within the organization that doesn't necessarily have external customers or it doesn't have specific revenue streams, but it's an improvement, then you would use the business case canvas. But let's go back to the canvas. There's nine sections in it. It's like if you imagine and just Google uh, business model canvas, if I kind of follow the thought process here in the podcast, but basically it's nine sections. And these sections are so value proposition. And that's really talking about what are you making? What is this that you are producing? What is this new thing that you came up with? And you have to stay really high level here. Well, let me just list them all and we'll go back to one by one. So value proposition, then you want to talk about the customer segments. Then you want to talk about customer relationship and the channels. So that's four now. So yeah, you started the center, which is a value proposition, and then move to the customer and then fill in the customer relationship and channel. And then you need to fill in the revenue streams. Uh, how are you expecting to get paid? And then everything that is associated with building that value proposition, which is uh, your key resources you would require, your key activities you should be making, the cost structure, what are you going to be spending money on, and then key partnerships that you need to get this off the ground. Usually, there's one train of thought that I like that people refer to these two big parts of Business Canvas. The part on the right is sort of your stage. It's what your customers are seeing. It's your value prompt. How do you interact with the customers? What's the uh, revenue stream? That's everything. That's the stage. And then everything, how you make it sort of in the company, your activities, resources, partnerships, and cost structure, that's your backstage. So they split the canvas into front and back. And the whole sort of these nine sections of it, they represent really a business model. And business model essentially needs to do three things, three sort of segments. It needs to create value. And so that's something that you do for the customer. Then you need to deliver the value that you created for the customer. And then you need to capture the value. So essentially any business model is creating value for someone and then creating the surplus and that value that you can capture as a business. And that's really idea for any business model. And Business Model Canvas takes you through creation of this value for the customer and for the organization. So how I Googled up a picture here and I'm looking at one and how do you fit enough actionable information on there? Or is it need to stay very high level for it to be utilized and for it to be something that's real? Yeah, perfect. So that's a really good question because this is why it's not a business plan. You want to stay as high as you can at each level. And in a startup business or again, in, in the project within the organization, you fill it out and then you review it almost every week. We had when we started Smartflow, we had a weekly review of the business canvas. And then when we iterated on this enough, then we stretched the meetings in between. That was once a month, once a quarter. And then every sort of quarter when you're doing your strategic planning meetings, you review it again and say, did anything change? 
you shouldn't forget about it. And then because the logic is in, in sort of incorporated into this. Uh, the way that people usually do it, especially in the group setting, you use sticky notes basically, and you add things to it. There's two sections, value proposition and customer segments that can have actually different levels of value proposition. Let's talk about the Galaxy, for example, when we created business model here. We have two customers that we're actually addressing. There's an end customer, which is the pet owner and the pets. And then there is another customer segment, which is employees, which is we defined in our strategy that we have these two customers. We're servicing a customer employee, meaning the doctors, receptionists, uh, technicians, and everybody else in the clinic as the headquarters quarters, we're supporting them and creating value for them as well as for the pet owner. So therefore, we need two value propositions defined here. So we would take two sticky notes, usually different color, and we would write out, okay, value proposition for the pet owner. And our value that we delivered to the customers is uh, personalized access to care at the time and at the place where the pet owner needed. So that's our value proposition. I just defined that. You could go a little more detailed and Steve Blank, who was actually one of the first people that really used it a lot in his books and in his lectures, there's a definition that he prefers for value proposition. It's essentially what, for who, how it's differentiated from the other competition, and then you just define it in a sentence. So you're not going in there and writing create value for the pet parent by introducing a membership model and having available locations and increasing staff availability to these hours. You're keeping it very, very high level. Exactly. Yeah. Like with the pet owners, as I said, you know, we provide personalized access to vet care when they need it. So that's like, that's good staying that high level. And then you Take the same color sticky note and you put it in a customer segment and you put pet owner. And then you can go one level down, but then that's probably a later iteration. At the beginning, you're just focusing on that. And then the second one that we talked about is we provide, well, we're our big mission is returning veterinary medicine back to veterinarians, but we provide a happy place to work with the work-life balance. Let's call it this way. So that's the value. And then you need to understand what is the connection between the customer and the value proposition. One is how do you communicate with them and how these, so that's a customer relationship. Is it, how do you actually interact with them? Is it vendor to provider? Is it a partnership? Is it a self-service if it's a software? So what are those customer relationships? And then you also need to think about the channels and channels are sort of how do you interact with them through what? Through social media, through internal communication platform, through if it's a new customer. So what are those channels, how you actually connect with them? Is it TV? Is it whatever that is? So, but that way you establish that entire interaction between the value proposition and the customer. How do you reach them? And what does that relationship look like? So you lock that sort of the front of the stage. The only one piece missing is revenue streams. So essentially, now you thought about what do you deliver to who, how do you connect with them, and how do you deliver it, and then what are you going to charge for it? That's your revenue stream. So this is where you can go more detail and say, okay, how are we going to charge our customers? There's going to be subscription model for the membership model. There's going to be uh, transactional costs. So there's, you know, this is a SaaS model. There's, we will have a freemium model because we have at Galaxy, we have sort of ask a vet free feature in the personalized app for the pet owner. So that should be encompassed. So you have a freemium sort of revenue stream, I would call it, because there's free, but it upsells on certain services. And then you have subscription, and then you have transactional. So that's the revenue streams. 
Okay, so that's the front of the house. That's the stage. That's the performance that everyone's getting to see. But talk to me about sort of the backstage piece, so the left side of the canvas. Perfect. Yeah. So the backstage is kind of how is the sausage made, right? Like what is in the back of the business that needs to be stood up to create this? So let's start with what do we need? What key resources do we need? If you think about we're building software, okay, we'll need developers. We will need marketing. We will need sales organization. We will need Google Cloud Platform to stand it up on. So what are those resources? And, you know, it's not just money. Like what actually like key players and things like that? Who do you need to build the organization? So again, in Galaxy, we stood up the massive org chart with all the divisions and, you know, and the lines of business because we're a very, very complex business. But we thought about everything that we might need. You might not want to start there. You might start with, okay, we'll need to market our company. We'll need business development. We'll need operations. We'll need finance. We'll need a legal department and we'll need HR. That's your good start. Like that's the first iteration of it. And then it's logical to swing from that, from key resources up on the canvas and talk about the key activities. Well, what are the key activities? So we'll need to find the in Galaxy hospitals that want to partner with us. And in, in case with the end customer pet owners, we need to find the pet owners that want to come to our clinics. And then you can follow your key resources from that point. And then in the business development, okay, well, those that we found through marketing, we need to then negotiate, talk to them, and then, well, that's what you do, Ryan, right? So you need to convert them from the marketing qualified lead into or sales qualified I lead into a clinic that wants to partner with us. So we need to stand up business development. What else do we need? Well, we need a technological infrastructure to support that. So, okay, we'll need to build that. We'll need the data warehouse. So, okay, we need to build the data warehouse. We'll need to stand up a significant legal structure. So that's another activity. So you just list activities, again, high level. Don't go into, okay, we'll need the asset purchase agreement. We'll need the leasing agreements. So you go just stay at the high level first time. And then beyond that, so there's a big section there there to the left of that is key partnerships. So let's think about it. Let me quiz you, Ryan. What do you think key partnerships, let's say for Galaxy, we would need to get this going? Funding. So yes. So funding partners. Yes. So we're going to need money. There's going to need to be a partnerships with external vendors. So Yep. So software providers, the medical device companies, drug companies that will be suppliers for that, and distribution companies like MWI, Covetris. Real estate? Uh, yeah, real estate and the companies that will be partnering with us on the real estate. So those are great examples. So essentially, what do we, I always think about the key partnerships is, okay, these are the key activities we need to do, and these are the ones that we don't want to do ourselves. So those are the great partnerships. It's like, okay, we need to partner with someone on real estate because that's not the core you know, play that we want to have. Or we're going to be building specialty hospitals. We definitely need someone on the real estate side, but we also need on construction side. So that's something that unless... I know that you're really good at renovating things, Ryan. I'm very handy. Unless you want to be the one painting the walls, then we need to partner with some sort of building partner. And all of that costs money, right? So you need to account for that. And again, you don't go into a you know detailed cost breakdown. I remember my experience when I built a lab in Russia in 2006, I had this Bulgarian partner there. And when I came, he wrote a business plan. And it was, I mean, the guy is brilliant, but he wrote a business plan 
down to like, we will need to open an office and we'll need a tea kettle in there. And it's, here's the link where we will buy it in the Amazon for 1059. And like that was like 60 or 100 pages exhausting thing where he went really deep into this waterfall process and he designed what computers we're going to buy. So business model Kevin stays very high up. And then in order to hire these key resources so they can do these key activities and to pay to the key partnerships that we will partner with, we need this cost structure. And cost structure, again, can stay at a very high level. We will need to well, hire everybody in key resources. And then we will need to pay for COGS. You can just stay there. We'll need to pay for building things. We'll need to pay. So just, again, this is not the numbers. It's more like for those activities, this is what the costs will be composed off. You don't need the numbers here, the first sort of take on this. So that's how you would articulate all the backstage. It's key resources, key activities, key partnerships, and cost structure. Now you have the sticky notes on it, and that's your first iteration. So you could actually brainstorm the entire business. When we brainstormed VIS, we actually got together with Bill Griffin and with Yang, actually. She, our friend, and we sat down and we did the entire business model canvas for what it could look like to build this sort of consulting company for the consolidators. And we outlined all of this within several hours. So you essentially, instead of spending, you know, three weeks writing this document within couple hours, very collaborative, very brainstorm session-like, you end up with the business plan on one page, which will change tomorrow, but then you just replace the stickies and or add the stickies. Yeah, that's great. That seems a lot more agile, a lot more engaging for people to be a part of because I'm curious how many actual business plans, the old style, were truly and fully read by the investment groups or the banks that were writing the loans for them or... Nobody reads that shit. It's just too long. Like you can't make someone read the business and understand it because someone who writes it, it's like with the presentations. Whenever you try to like show the PowerPoint, people put all this sophisticated stuff, these graphs, they're trying to fit all of it onto the slides. And that's not how our brain works. As soon as we see the complicated picture that we don't understand at a glance, our, and I love the book, this will be my book recommendation for today, the pitch anything. And he talks a lot about the uh, croc brain. Our croc brain just retaliates and is like, oh my God, too complicated. I feel stupid. I don't want to look at this. So it needs to be really simple. So this is the same thing. So when you pitch something, this outlines the entire picture. You can modify it quickly. And then at any point of time, you can show today's iteration. And if you forgot to update it for three weeks, well, you go back and update it very quickly because you just remember what developed so far. Okay. So after you've built one of these out and it's on the consolidated maturity model, so obviously we've built one out for Galaxy, but how are we using this specifically at Galaxy Vets? So we have this central process that we now currently calling the Galaxy Way, which helps to brainstorm through any initiative end to end. And part of it, if you are starting an initiative that is a potentially a business inside of business, like let's say telemedicine or let's say membership services, we train those that are owning that particular initiative how to fill in the business model canvas. Because aside from just standing up telemedicine, making sure that we have teledraft, telemedicine, teleconsulting and everything else, we need to understand how is this going to function as a business? Is it going to bring value or is it going to generate revenue as well? So what we do within that process of any initiative creation of the galaxy way, one of the phases is to create the business model canvas. So we kicked it off. So now you're taking it from the parent sort of business model canvas and you're saying, okay, we will have a revenue stream from subscription model. 
one of those stickies, right? So that subscription model is our membership services. So we hired wonderful Tina, who worked for Banfield and stood up their wellness plans. Now she's building wellness membership model, what we call for us. And then we gave her the tool in which she, A, has a process how to take it end-to-end as an initiative. And then we help her to write this business plan in the course of one-hour session. And actually, we did three of them. So we did telemedicine, membership services, and retail diagnostic centers, all three business plans in one session. So this is an extremely agile approach, and now they have a starting point, and then they can take it into sort of further brainstorm, but this is a continuous document. So anywhere inside of the organization, as I mentioned in the beginning, not only for the new sort of revenue sources, but also for new ideas. If you want, for example, I want to develop a new method of inventory management in the clinics. Well, it is sort of a It's not a new business, it's a new process, but if you'll take it as a business case and create a business case canvas, it will help you. There's slight changes there. Sometimes your customers will be internal people, sometimes for the business model canvas, and sometimes you don't have revenue streams. Sometimes the benefit, let's say in IT department, for example, we have a business case of integration of everything into our ERP. There's no direct revenue generation from that, but there's huge optimization. So instead of the... Revenue streams, you will talk about the end value delivered to the customers, which is internal customers. All the departments benefit from IT doing that. So you just modify that a little, but it could be applied to anything you do inside of organization. It just takes you through the process of who are you doing it for? What are you delivering? What are the outcomes and measurable outcomes that you can achieve by doing this? And then what resources within the organization you would require to actually kick this off and run this through? Because a lot of projects, when people kick them off, they don't think about how much it would cost or what it would look like, what people would they need, what stakeholders. So this really, really structures your thought process around that. And would you fire that up as part of a quarterly planning session or before that or after that or just when the need arises? Great question. So in our Galaxy Way process, the second phase, after you kick it off in front of everybody, the second phase is exploration. And the exploration takes you through a design thinking process. And the end of the design thinking process is where you specifically bump into this stage where you need to do it. So it's not a part of quarterly. In quarterly, you just say, I have an initiative to stand up telemedicine or teletriage maybe. And then you pick this off as an initiative. And if you follow Galaxy Way process, you will walk into it and it will tell you at this stage, you need to create a business case or business model canvas. So it's really on those items that you planned during the quarter, when they're kicked off, and then when you get to the stage, the end stage of exploration, you need to create this little canvas to make sure that this is a viable project. Great. Well, I know we're coming close on time here, but you mentioned the book, Pitch Anything. I was just curious if there were just one or two more tools that people might be able to do, go in there if they're researching it, and then tools that they can actually build out their own business model canvas without being in a room with a whiteboard, because it seems like we're still going to be a little while before we're all in rooms again together. So where can people build something like this out? So I do want to throw a book that I mentioned before, Business Model Generation. That's essentially where it started. It's almost like a kid's book. It's like multiple images, diagrams. It looks, it's like a very easy read and it has different canvases in there. So that's Alexander Osterwilder and amazing book. I think that any business, in fact, I'm kind of going to go back, which I should have said in the beginning, but any startup that I started, any startup that I participated in, whether as an advisor or an angel investor, That's where you start. 
you start with the business model canvas. What are we trying to do? What are we trying to achieve? What do we need to do that? So in that book is probably a must have for anybody who's starting a new business, whatever that is. So that's the book. Pitch Anything is my longtime favorite. But then the tools, great question too. So we use Lucidchart which is a great tool. They have new sort of module there, which is called Lucid Spark, which I like because it's a collaborative tool. So if everybody's sitting online, we did our phenomenal quarterly planning session through that tool. You can do the same for any brainstorm. So any whiteboard tool, I think there's Google has a product, anything that you can collaboratively look at, then that works. And then there's specific tools for Canvas. And one of them is called Canvanizer. You can actually kind of get a login. It's inexpensive. It's like 15 bucks, I think, a month, but a pretty good tool as well because it kind of has the framework. If you don't know the methodology yet, it's better to get a tool that will guide you through it. Awesome. Well, who do you think that we should have on the next episode? Ah, that's a great question. Maybe we should talk to one of the folks that we actually had filling out the business model canvas. It will be a little bit on the spot for them, but I think that um, Sarah, Sarah Wallace, our head of uh, telemedicine services or tele everything, and she's the guide for us on television, what we call it, it's a vision of everything in telemedicine. So I think that she would be a cool guest to talk about her experience about the canvas. And then in that framework, what are we trying to build here? Awesome. Well, I've been really helpful. Super cool to look at this and interesting. I'm going to have to dive in through here and see what some of the people have put together and can't wait for the next episode with you. Awesome. That was a good topic. Thank you for bringing it up. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to Consolidate That. If you want to hear our new episodes, please find us on any podcast platform. Also, you can learn more about us on our website at vetintegrations.com.